Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by two very special guests, Jake James and Stealth. How's it going, the two of you? Welcome back. Yo, what's good? Thank you for having me back. It's good to see you both again. <laughs> it's good to see y'all. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a fun time. Um, I was very excited about this combination because uh, I, I personally don't know any of the, the, the your, your two's history, but I'd had Stealth on for several episodes, and then Jake James, when you approached me, and you, you talked about your, your like you knew Stealth, and like Stealth like recommended you, and I was like, oh man, like I don't know anything about this, but this is so cool, and I'm like, I'm gonna get both of you on an episode together. So yeah, you got two for the price of one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. So I was like really excited about that. So um, mm -hmm. I'm really glad it worked out that both of you could be on here because, as you know, with Easy Allies, we're like a group of friends as well. So it's like nice to have you know a lot of people you're familiar with and you know have that conversation going and having that uh the, the, you know just having a fun time talking about games and stuff. Yeah, we're all tangential to each other, which is cool. Again, Stealth's my, my man. Like, again, I've had Stealth on my channel before talking about Nintendo stuff in the past, which was fun. It was dope. And I listened to Stealth's other stuff that he's been on various other shows, which is always cool because it's good to just get, not only get the different perspectives, but see, like, what everybody else is up to and be like, yo, I know that guy. He's cool. Like, he's dope. You know, it's just fun like that. So it's good that we get to all talk like this, too. So I think it's going to work for everybody listening in on this. I think they're going to have a blast with it. No, yeah, I it's a smaller uh, community than people think, and um, yeah. yeah, it's always fun to uh, collaborate. Always a pleasure. I noticed, <laughs> excuse me, I noticed the 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 Tie Fighter in your corner of the yes. room right there because you got a, real, a lot of cool stuff here. Um, oh, there's more. But, I even got a gunblade up there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, nice. So I got a lot. So. The, the, the reason I, I gravitate towards the Tie Fighter because you know we're recording today. It's May first. We are almost to Star Wars Day. So yes. I don't know if there's yes. anything you're, you're like you're excited for about. Uh, have they announced oh, anything special that they're doing? Or so, I haven't really been so, following it. So Star for me personally, it's going to be Star Wars month on my YouTube channel because every year I would always do something special for May the 4th and May the 5th or you know, where basically it's May the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th is really the joke. So <laughs> but I used to do things like, you know, videos like reviews or whatever that's Star Wars related for those specific days. But this year I'm doing it throughout the whole month. I'm actually making it into a thing for my channel. So I'm doing like a lot of different like reviews and other stuff, you know, different Star Wars games and things like that, that people will enjoy. But I know for Star Wars stuff specifically, you know, from Star Wars themselves, the Bad Batch comes out on the fourth. And that's like the big thing. That's it's a double oh, like yeah. premiere. So it's like 80, what was it like 60 minutes, I think, or 70 minutes, you know, because there's like two episodes that are going up at the same time or like one big feature that's brand new Star Wars stuff that takes place after uh, Rebels or after Clone Wars and stuff like that. So that's going to be exciting. And then I'm hoping, at least fingers crossed, and sometime throughout the month, we get to hear about Star Wars Hunters. Because remember, that's supposed to be another game that's coming out for the Switch and other platforms, mm. but we haven't heard anything about it yeah. yet. And what better time to talk about something Star Wars or at least give us a hint or a tease then, then, you know, May the 4th. I, that just makes sense to me. But here's hoping. It's going to be cool. Jeez, you mentioning the Bad Batch, because I just finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier on the MCU side yeah. of things on Disney+. Plus. Well, Loki's like, coming, too. And I'm like, for Loki, <laughs> and I'm month. like, oh, wait, now there's Star Wars <laughs> stuff, because it's like, oh, 
Uh, yeah, I kind of I, I, I kind of like their scheduling they're doing with that, especially on the MCU side. But oh yeah, I honestly know we could talk about MCU and Star Wars, especially if I could get you on with some of the other allies. Uh, I am down. Jones, you know, you know Jones and Brad are big Star Wars fans. Huber, massive MCU fan. Uh, the other guys, obviously, big fans too. So you know, maybe we can make that work out one day. But we'll make it happen. <laughs> we're here. To, we got some Nintendo stuff to talk about too. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we just had a brand new game just come out: new Pokemon Snap, a oh, game. I got it. Somewhere, <laughs> I got the game. So I got the case in my collection. I the game pull it out. decades <laughs> in the making here. <laughs> and uh, I feel I think all three of us have now had some hands-on time yes. with the, the final build. Uh, full disclosure: I, I think I've only played maybe an hour and a half so far. Uh, I have not played that much. I, I'm doing requests. I finally got request unlocked. Yeah, me too. And, I'm on the second area. Is where I haven't I'm gotten now. to the second area yet. So that that's where mm-hmm. I stand. Um, but my question is, how are you two liking it so far? Yeah, this might be a first where I'm actually the farthest along. Usually when we <laughs> talk about new games, I have not played as much as you have. Um, I'm about six hours in. I've kind Ooh. of finished like this. Nice. I, I've I finished like the second area, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of like an... I don't know if an out-of-body experience is the right word for it because I like I have memories of playing the original game and now I'm playing the sequel, but like 20 years have passed. It's surreal. So it's just a yeah, it's very surreal. Um, you know, the game looks beautiful, has Pokemon from you know the entire Pokedex, not just focused on Gen One, which is when the first game came out, which is you know we didn't think it was limiting, but um, you know now we can just get a wider a wider variety of Pokemon. Um, you know, as a big JRPG guy, the fact that you can level up areas and, you know, you can snap different Pokemon and get different star ranks, and there's a lot of upgrading that really appeals to me. Um, that really appeals to me a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am enjoying it tremendously so far, and already it's just a much meatier experience than the first game because... You know, there's a story happening and there's missions and, yeah, it's just a meteor experience. Now, it's funny you say that because one of the things I didn't get to do that I wish I did was to go back and play a little bit of the original Snap, you know, for comparing contrast. I didn't get to do that there. But one of the things I really do like about this new Pokemon Snap, even though I haven't gone deep into it, is that it does feel like everything, there's a little bit more like quality of life stuff in it that I know people have mentioned in their reviews and like all over the place. But also, this is a very chill game, despite so much stuff that's happening on screen all the time. Like it's one of those Switch games now that I think comes at a great time because there's all, there's a bunch of different things to play at the current moment but if you just want a game like animal crossing like to chill this is another one to add onto that list because it looks great it sounds great i think that you're not doing much in the way that like there's a lot of crazy action happening at the same time so you could just kind of like kick back on a weekend and just play it through this one of the things that i do also like is that not only we got a larger variety of pokemon which i think is good because it makes revisiting certain areas really good which that's one of the things that i've seen a couple criticisms pop up about this game that it gets very repetitive and i understand that but one of the things that i thought was clever with this one is that even though it gets repetitive where you're visiting the same areas over and over again there's little details that you're not going to get the first few times around that are very you know nuanced for specific areas and especially for specific pokemon because one of the things i was watching today i was watching another video on youtube on how to get uh the pidgeot in the first area i think it's at night you know to do certain stuff and i didn't know you had to chuck something at it which i know was in the original snap in some way but now it seems like this is going to be you know even more clever in certain areas as you get deeper into it and i think that's pretty darn cool 
You both mentioned, so uh, there's a lot I want to talk about, but I find it interesting that both of you both, you both said you thought it looked pretty good. I, I know in earlier trailers, there was some feedback that the game didn't look that great or the, the, the frame rate, but I have to say playing it in action, I concur with both of you. Actually, mm. I mean, I'm playing it on the Switch Lite, so maybe it's also the smaller screen versus playing it on a bigger TV, but on in handheld mode on a Switch Lite, I think it looks really good, actually. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I played I mean, it more in portable mode, I should say. I didn't play it on the TV as much. I played it mostly in portable mode. Yeah, and I've been playing almost exclusively on the TV. Um, and there have been a few instances where the screen will lock... I don't know if you've both experienced this, where... Um, Not yet. Yeah, it freezes for a couple seconds, but then it keeps going. Um, I've experienced that a, a couple times, so that's okay. just something keep Is it when you're scanning? Because like, I think I've seen some people measure that. Maybe it's like during certain sections when there's a lot in certain areas Maybe. when you're scanning. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the game looks fantastic. You know, the Namco team that worked on this and also... Um, uh, Pokémon tournament uh, just That's right. did yeah. a great job. One thing also we should mention too that I think is also interesting about this version of Pokemon Snap, which again, new Pokemon Snap is a sequel, but this iteration of Pokemon Snap, I feel like the behavior of some of the Pokemon is a little bit more natural or a little bit much more smoother and like organic. Because obviously if you go back to the N64 game, things are obviously a lot more rigid because, you know, of the hardware and the way things were developed at the time. But it feels like this one, they made a concerted effort, you know, with the behavior of some of the Pokemon to really make it feel like you're going through an ecosystem, which I think it works out great because because considering all the different things that could be happening at the same time, you're not going to get certain shots of certain Pokemon the first few times you go through that run in different areas. I think that's awesome, and it's true to the type of experience that they're going to, because you're not catching Pokemon, so if you're trying to catch them in their natural element, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, I really appreciated how the uh, the Pokemon were, even as early as I'm at in the game, just their animations. It looked very fluid. Um, just like seeing Pokemon either sleeping or, you know, <laughs> do like, like, yeah, you said they looked like they were acting in their natural, uh, habitat. And I don't recall the original one too well, but I have to imagine while it might've been like amazing for its time, it, this is just like light years better in terms yeah. of uh, the fluidity of their animation, their motions. And as you said, the going back, that was my concern. Let me make this point. I was very concerned where I'm at that. It was nice to hear you say that. I'm revisiting these areas a lot now. It feels like I'm going to have to go back several times, but the, the different nuanced things you could pick up, the details. And the first thing I did was one of the first requests was to, oh, who's roasting these apples or these plants right here? And it's like, oh, when you go back and do that and you get that shot, it's like, okay, I like this. This is going to – there are a lot of hidden things in here. And I, I appreciate that. And there's even an option. I guess maybe I, maybe I spoiled myself, but I think the trailers made this clear that there are different paths. Apparently, there's an option to say automatically display alternative paths if you if you want like an assist on that. So I, yeah. I think they did pack a lot of stuff into you know a small dense area for these for these levels, which is pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I, I haven't unlocked the alternative paths yet, but I did unlock in the first level. It's kind of a shortcut. Um, it, it, it's not even like a full split path. It's really just just a, a shortcut around a small area, um, which is awesome. But yeah, I think that's definitely going to add a lot to the replay value. Like it really just doubles the levels, basically. 
I can't wait to see it because I've yet to see stuff like that. Like I've seen like the different actions. Obviously, when you revisit, you also get more Pokemon in certain areas as you yeah. level up that research level, which I think is great because again, the more levels you go higher up, the more you're going to see a lot more luscious and much more vibrant mm-hmm. areas, which I think is yeah. great. It's going to be cool when you go to the later areas. I feel like it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and what's also great is like a really great quality of life feature is you can actually switch between the research levels. So even yes. though if you go from one to two, you can go back to one for that like set amount of Pokemon where they go and everything like that. So you're not like stuck to continually progress that way. Yeah, I found that pretty I- I- intriguing and a nice touch, actually, when they said you could go back and go to a lower rank. Um, and as you said, like having that kind of like RPG system on the levels themselves or how individual you know, courses will evolve as you rank up. I think that's kind of a, a neat twist on, on that as well. But the other thing I found interesting was the, uh, you already mentioned it a little bit, was the, uh, in your in your, your uh, photo album, how, like, you have four different star rankings, and then within each of those, they have their own, like, it's like bronze, silver, gold, and diamond, and I, platinum, think. I think. platinum, I think it is. Platinum, yeah. yeah. No, diamond, diamond or platinum or something yeah. like that. It, it, like it's nice to see like, like that improvement and going back and trying to get like a better composition and seeing like the grading. I, I I think that definitely encourages someone like me. Oh, I slightly missed the photo here. I, I know what I need to do. I'm gonna go back and get that better ranking because you can also share it online and like you have your online overall score ranking and then you can receive like ratings from people. You know and, and those medals. I forget what they're called by you know uploading your thing your your best photos onto the internet. I like that. Honestly, I really like that. I think that just adds an extra layer. It's, it's not something too intricate to the experience of what you're getting from Pokemon Snap, but it's just like, it's just extra flavor on top of everything. Like, I like being able to share my photos with other people online, not just in my friends list or just locally like that. I feel like that's another way of implementing online stuff with Nintendo Switch Online in a nice, like, classy way. Just you just made me think, Jake James, and maybe yeah. stealth. Uh, you think this is a good a good idea? I, m- maybe it's unlocked later, and I just don't know this. But I, the request system would be kind of cool for online, uh, like kind of a more like laid back thing. If people could post personal requests for certain photos online, cool. and you could That'd accept cool. those and try and like, yeah, I think that would be That'd a be cool sweet. update yeah, if like they haven't done that. In a way. And then get, and yeah. then get bonus like experience mm-hmm. for your research level for doing it. Like that makes sense. That's a, almost kind of like what you could do with like the custom messages and like a Dark Souls where you could just post in areas or like, you know, send it to other players. To me, that's actually kind of cool. I would love that. That would be dope. Oh yeah, even like players that you'd be able to leave tips in an area like, hey, like yeah. try doing this in this spot. And there's some cool ideas like that. Let me ask you both this. The, they're called fruit fluffs, right? Not the uh, the apple things. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget their name. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever the Pokemon feel, food. Do you ever feel, yeah? Do you ever feel guilty throwing it and hitting some of the Pokemon when they're him? sleeping? You're when they're like, like there's a couple <laughs> just chucking it at him when he's trying to sleep and he's not waking up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, isn't that better than forcing our Pokemon friends to fight? I feel like yeah, throwing right. apples at them is okay. a lot less. But it is funny. It's hilarious. The first run through, I'm just like... You have to do it, though, in order to get certain reaction. I know for the Pidgeot, one of the things that when you throw it at it, it goes and it grabs a Magikarp nearby. You have to do that in order to get certain actions, which I think is cool, but it is kind of funny. kind of mean. Although I did test it out, and I think you can only throw out like 10 apples before like the first one disappears mm. like you can't just have like a you know 25 apples on just the screen just shucking apples 
I kept missing it, and I threw out way too many, way too many, and they started disappearing. So that's when I knew mm. that was the limit. I, don't you get other stuff like deeper into it? I know at some point yeah. you start getting other things you could throw. Because again, I haven't gone that far yet, but I, I've seen yeah, it in a few places. Get, and I'm probably gonna butcher it because I just got it. You get the Illumina Orb, mm -hmm. um, which basically lights up Pokemon, and oh. they do different things if you throw them at them. Nice. Um, it's just another thing to throw. Um, but I think that's the only other thing because, like, you know, the top button is the scan, the side button is the snapshot, the bottom button is the apple, and then the left button is the Illumina Orb. So I don't think there's anything more than that. Cool. Yeah, and everything feels really good to play. As you said, Jake James, it's very casual, laid back. Even like mm -hmm. you can even use the motion controls. I mean, I think you actually get. A oh, benefit. I didn't use. I didn't use the gyroscope. I turned that off immediately. Yeah. Like, I, I did I too, like but I think it. people might get a benefit because of like the quick turn. You can move it a little faster. Mm -hmm. But like you know, even using both analog sticks to move faster, <laughs> you know, slower. Mm -hmm. They, it, it, you know, I, I actually, I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying this, and I, I'm playing at a very slow pace, but. I think it was meant to be played however you want. Like, you know, Agreed. just power through it or just, you know, play a track a day. You know, I just went through the course one more time today. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, I'll be back tomorrow. And I think that's just fine It's as funny well. you say that. I think that a lot of the criticism about it being repetitive is because of that, because people are playing it in long sessions. I feel like if you take this, like, maybe you play, like, an hour or so, like, you know, within a long stretch period, you know, within a given day or within a given week, I think you're gonna, some people who are complaining about that are going to enjoy it more. Because if you just sit it for, like, a long two- or three-hour session, you're revisiting the same spot, seeing the same paths for a while. That's probably why they're feeling yeah, like that. Yeah, it feels like grinding. It, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand the need. You want to advance, but... Uh, Sometimes, you know, some, it might be better to move on and try like <laughs> play play another game for a little bit and come back, you know. That's that might that might do you some good. Hmm. I have a patron question here from Cody Spencer about the potential future of Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap seems to be getting some good reviews, and with it being Pokemon, it should sell very well. Do you think this will warrant a sequel from Nintendo and not in another twelve years? It wasn't 12, it was like 22 22. Years. Yeah, it was they, a long time. I, I read it as them, but <laughs> It was a while. I, I wonder if, the, I didn't know if there was something special behind 12, like, was there something I'm missing? Cause, uh, I think it was just a typo. So they, they, they meant yeah. 22 years. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, you know, I, I've spoken about this on Twitter, but the first Pokemon Snap came out when the PlayStation was red hot. Um, you know, if, if you imagine Japan now, where almost every week 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 of the best-selling games are all Switch games. That's how it was when the original Pokemon Snap came out, but for PlayStation. And Pokemon Snap debuted at number 4, which seems hard to imagine now for any Nintendo game to debut at number 4, um, especially in Japan. So I, I just think a part of it at the time was Nintendo, you know, kind of just being dominated by PlayStation and not really being sure if it would it would it, it could be a franchise just because PlayStation was overshadowing everything um mm -hmm. now yeah, honestly I think new Pokemon Snap could outsell the original in half a year um you know lifetime which would be you know it wouldn't shock me um and I remember reading an article about from IGN how the team tried to bring back Pokemon Snap but for whatever reason, they just couldn't get it together. Um, and then, you know, because of the relationship that was built between Pokemon Company um, and Namco due to Pokemon Tournament, that, you know, they got the ball rolling again. So 
you know, I, I think if the relationship is still good between Namco and and Pokemon Company, um, you know, I, I think it, we, we could get more games. It's possible. I agree. I agree. I think also even then, before we even get more games, I think we could get DLC for this game. I think oh, yeah. people would be down for it. If it's more new Pokemon, if not a new area or new region, that could totally work with this. And, and I think also back then, you know, one of the things that you mentioned with the PlayStation, I think that also on top of that, back then we didn't really have a full scope of what Pokemon was outside of what it was on the Game Boy. You know, looking at Pokemon in a completely different way other than battling. Because remember, Pokemon Stadium was a huge thing. Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 was huge on the N64. You know, and that, again, it was battling we didn't see pokemon from a different type of lens that didn't involve battles for a long time until much later until pokemon snap and then other games that came afterwards i think now obviously since the franchise or just pokemon in general has become so big and you've we've had so many interpretations of what pokemon and the pokemon world can be stuff like that could do very well and it could be all sorts of like different things so i think there's a big audience for this especially within the pokemon fandom that would love to see another game but i even think that they could get dlc i would love to go to another region on top of this besides the areas we got in this game which I haven't visited all of them yet, but imagine being able to go to a region that we know, like Kanto or Johto or any of the other like ones from previous games, but like different probably areas that have those types of generations of Pokemon within them. Like there's a lot of things, a lot of potential they could work with. Yeah, I definitely think that um, an expansion pass is likely, like uh, mm -hmm. what Sword and Shield got. Because well, we have Pokemon got. Yeah, Pokemon got the same thing. Yeah, and it was very successful. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see them adding new stages. It's just a matter of time, in my opinion. I think it's very likely we will see some kind of DLC or expansion or season pass for uh, for for new Pokemon Snap. Um, and I, I, that, that's a pretty good. Uh, I, I liked your explanation there, Stealth. The that just a different time, different circumstances, and then people base their assumptions on that and didn't have an outside you know, source or outside viewpoint, which is like, I think Namco was for them. Like when Namco came in and said like, you know, they just did Pokemon tournaments. Like there's a, you could work with another studio to do this. You don't have to do this internally. And hey, look, these spinoff Pokemon games have new life now that maybe this is the time to do it because it, it was like, it was basically like a, a, gave me a sense of optimism that maybe there's some other franchises. <laughs> Nintendo is like, hey, maybe this is the time to try out some stuff again. That I, talk we, about F-Zero they had not too long ago. Yeah, I'm yeah, just like saying. Stuff like that. Also, I'm it's funny. Saying. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying. I'm oh. just saying that talk about F-Zero they had not too long ago. <laughs> Man, if they make a new F-Zero, I'll be very happy. <laughs> very, very happy. But Stealth, your thing also got me thinking about, like, the, the, this such a tight-knit relationship with Nintendo and Bandai Namco, I, mean, I know it's certain parts of Bandai Namco, but with all the talks, uh, this is a really weird segue into something that wasn't even planned, but like all these talks about acquisitions and mergers in the gaming world, and it's mostly been on Microsoft and Sony's side, and Nintendo really doesn't do this. Nintendo doesn't really do stuff like this, but like the more they work together, I wonder if it's if if their Nintendo likes the relationship as it is. Or if Nintendo would ever be tempted to go more in and like actually get a bit more invested in in, in Bandai Namco at some point? Yeah, I mean Nintendo prefers to partner with companies um, rather than outright buy them. And, and the funny thing is, is you know Namco owned Monolith Soft um, <laughs> for a while, and there was you know Monolith Soft wasn't happy with the ownership and Nintendo ownership. New you know Namco ownership. They talked. And then all of a sudden, you know, Monolith Soft was a Nintendo studio. <laughs> and, you know, 
they've always had a good relationship. You know, obviously, Namco developed Smash Brothers, um, which is probably like the biggest thing that they could ever be given. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo definitely prefers to partner. Um, Next Level Games, I guess, being their first acquisition since Monolith Soft, I guess the rumor was that Next Level Games um, was kind of looking for for ownership, and Nintendo didn't want them to belong to anybody else. And yeah, so that deal. that's what um, I heard too. Is they, they were making themselves yeah. available. And Nintendo's because like, the studio, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, because the studio that can make like Luigi's Mansion three, you just can't let that go. So Nintendo made that happen. But yeah, I mean, Nintendo likes the partner, like. You know, I think of Jupiter, and I don't know if you've heard, you probably have heard of Jupiter, but they make Picross games. Um, They made Mario Picross on the SNES. They've been working with Nintendo almost exclusively for like 30 years, Mm. but Nintendo has no interest in buying them, and Jupiter has no interest in being bought. They just make their games. Um, Basically, Nintendo exclusive, but they just prefer to partner with them and not buy them. Yeah, that's the vibe I, I got. I'm glad, you know other people share that sentiment also being bought by nintendo is not always like the best thing i mean no. it can lead to good stuff but like we saw with alpha dream you know <laughs> it's like yeah you you, you I, could I have mean, a bad fate at the end of the you know the road there yeah i mean i know it's kind of weird now where like acquisitions are kind of like idealized and celebrated but but really um we should all want studios to stay independent if they can and grow naturally and if they want to be exclusive then that's fine but um, I, I prefer studios to stay independent. Another game that oddly gets an update <laughs> in an untimely fashion. So not quite 22 years, but almost two years later. I'm talking about Super Mario Party getting a free update, which now allows you to play board game mode and partner party, as well as the previously playable mini games online with friends, or if you want to do a password system, you could set a password. Uh, the old 5-1 trick is back for random matchmaking, so if you want to put in five ones and spam that, you'll get random matchmaking that way, even though Nintendo will not put random matchmaking in their online games. <laughs> but hey, uh, it, it's there. Um, when you play online, it will not save uh, it'll not save to your data, so it it's, the, doesn't allow that. But I'm curious... This sounds great, but why now? It's so weird. It's so weird. Like, this is one of those instances where we always say that Nintendo does weird stuff or questionable, like, goofy things. This is one of those things. Because, honest to God, I think everybody could probably be in agreement. It's like, this should have been from day one. Because, like, this seems like something that should have been with any game day one. Especially a multiplayer game like Mario Party. Maybe it goes back to stubbornness. Maybe it goes back to they just want to get certain things right. Maybe they wanted to see, engage the response of, like, players. See if, like, this was a thing that they should put time and energy into but at least we got it now better late than never to be honest with you yeah i mean this should have happened probably after the first month not 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 after two years over two years um you know i I joked that you know nintendo has like a like a paper uh you know a list like it actually written out and you know they get to it when they get to it and you know it just took them two years to do it but um yeah i mean it's it's a great thing like it, it makes the game instantly better um, so nobody's complaining about that, but yeah, I mean, this should have happened like like a month later. You know, it should have been at launch, as you said. Um, but yeah, I mean, two years later is just was just bizarre to get that dropped like randomly. Do you think maybe they? Uh, obviously, this is pure speculation. 
Do you think maybe they also held off on when, when COVID hit and everything was drastically shifting to online digital? Like it would have been, it would have been a better time is because animal crossing was like, had just hit and they didn't want any jeopardize any of that momentum. Maybe my, my, my theory was, and you know, this could be off, but maybe they're working on super Mario party two, um, mm. using the same engine, obviously. And maybe they just implemented it in two and then as a nice gesture, put it into the, into the original game because I okay. could honestly see super Mario party two getting announced at E3 because if the game sold like 12 million units, it's a huge seller. So, and you know, we get multiple Mario Party games per system usually, so that wouldn't surprise me if they were working on a sequel in the same engine and kind of just threw us a bone. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's, that makes sense to me. I, it could also be one of those things that they just didn't think about it back then at the time, or at least didn't care to put enough thought into it, you know, before all this other stuff happened with the pandemic and such. But I just think that you're probably right, honestly. Yeah, because I was going to ask you before you brought up that theory about the chances of does this mean we're going to get like more DLC for Super Mario Party, but given uh, just the gut here, my gut talking, like your your theory makes a lot of sense because, yeah, Nintendo was already working on a newer game, which they obviously want to have out. It's like, oh, just add it to the old one. It's like really easy for us to do. We just did the work. That makes so much more sense, which would then make me believe that they're not. there's no more DLC for this game because the sequel is what they're focusing on. Um, but is it still a little disappointing that this got absolutely, aside from this, for two over two years, got no support whatsoever in terms of like DLC and on content and it being such a big seller for them? Yeah, I, I mean, like you look at Mar Mario Odyssey, no DLC. Um, that baffled me completely you look at um mario kart a deluxe that's gotten i mean Mar mario tour on mobile has gotten more support um than that so like nintendo will support some games and then they won't support others and it has nothing to do with whether they're successful or not it's just you have to be in the heads of the executives to figure out why Honestly, it's probably also they're probably seeing some things behind the scenes that we just don't see publicly that make mm. some make baffling decisions like that. Because when you really think about it, when you slice it up, a Mario Party, not just Super Mario Party, but just Mario Party in general, there's a lot of potential to have extra stuff like DLC and other forms of like, you know, additional support after release, you know, for other Nintendo characters, other Mario Universe types of characters that you could have that you could have people buy in bundles and stuff, kind of like the Avatar stuff for Smash Brothers or additional character packs for Smash Brothers and other things like that, maybe even additional board like it just writes itself it feels like maybe there was just other things there that they saw for such a long time that probably showed them or at least made them think like okay well maybe people don't care about this specific stuff as much because it just seems like they're just leaving money on the table by not at least addressing or looking into that yeah for sure uh that's like that i think that's a very good point to bring up the uh, the benefit of the doubt is that they probably do have it, it would seem too ridiculous for them to just be so haphazard to say uh, we're arbitrarily doing this where the more logical explanation is that they have access to data that says uh, and, and their interpretation of it is that this this makes more sense and not revealing that what makes a decision is part of like you know it's competitive advantage you know don't they're trying not to like I, I you know what I I don't know why I never thought of that for some of the stuff they do but like that seems like the yeah. hopefully that's true though because and we'll never hear people. about it yeah that's the and, weird yeah, thing like, you'll never be, have it we'll confirmed it. unless you ever work there someday and you know and then you're never allowed to talk about it obviously yeah and the Mario Party team isn't huge I think they're around 100 to 150 and so maybe they just 
thought, you know, rather than make DLC, let's just put out a new game in two years. And, you know, that, that'll be good enough. And it'll sell 10 million units again. Yeah. Um, I have a patron question. Uh, so regarding games getting these untimely, you know, kind of delayed updates from Logan. Uh, hey, allies. What other games that were released years ago do you think need a super late update like Super Mario Party got? Does anything come oh, to mind? Ugh, I'm trying to think one that would make sense because the the thing that's hard about this is that some games that one would think of have already gone it like they there was time that passed but it wasn't like two years that passed like that or or some significant amount of time because yeah. I'm trying I to think mean, of ones I've switched to. I, like I yeah, I mean there, there are games that I think should have DLC, but like a specific like update, um, a functionality. It's it's hard to think about. Mm. Well, you mm. did mention stealth, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, yeah, but that's DLC, I guess, rather than a free. So they don't specify yeah. like free update, but like I, I'm with you on that. Like it boggled my mind that Odyssey mm. never got anything other than Luigi's Balloon Adventure Hunt or whatever it was called, which was actually yeah. for a time was amazing. Do, do and you like, guys know? Do you guys know if Fire Emblem Three Houses got any DLC? I can't remember. It did. It got Ashen Wolves thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. It's very hard to think of like ones that didn't get yeah. it already or that I mean, need it. Even rabbits <laughs> I mean, got a. I'll, I'll say upcoming. Um, Mario Golf uh, Super Rush. Okay. Absolutely yeah. needs an expansion pass with, with courses and characters, just like the 3DS game got. Um, that I'll say like ha absolutely has to happen. Uh, mm. I, I know Mario Tennis got free characters and events every once in a while, but I don't know. I don't think it got like a full expansion pass. Uh, Mario Golf needs an expansion pass. Okay. I think that people are hungering a little bit more for Mario. Mario Golf has a little bit more writing on it, I think. And yeah. and what they, they I think they're keenly aware there um, because that, that trailer pretty much hit all the marks of what people were asking for. It's like, all right, you've shown us that you're going to give us the stuff. Now it's like, will you follow through? And True. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm sure there's there's some other games that uh, could definitely use, you know, some kind of some kind of update that would. Uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah, this is the thing as you said stuff. Something like sometimes Nintendo supports something, sometimes they don't. It has nothing to do with how successful a game is at times. It, it's it's kind of a mystery. I'm I'm sure it's more of a resource issue internally than than anything. Probably. Yeah. Well, a game that is definitely getting updates and post-release support. Because it is uh, one of the biggest franchises on the uh, rising franchises on the Switch, um, Monster Hunter Rise, hitting that six million worldwide sales mark uh, just a little bit into a month after its release. Uh, as you recall, opening week it shipped four million units globally. Uh, about a little bit over a week later, it broke the 5 million mark. Now it's 6 million. That makes Monster Hunter Rise the 8th best-selling game in Capcom's history. And after it sells a meager 200,000 more copies, it's going to surpass Street Fighter 2 as the best single-platform title in Capcom history. Just wow. to put in the to put that. That's a lot of well done stakes, son. Like for real. Like, you it's already it? super, surpassed Street Fighter V's lifetime sales on all platforms, mm. and it is on track to possibly surpass the best selling Resident Evil game all time, which is currently RE7, which sits mm. at 8.5 million units. That might change once Village comes out. We'll have to see, but 
it's this is amazing. And while That's it great. likely won't top Monster Hunter World's 16.8 million worldwide worldwide sales, excuse me, is very likely that Rise has outsold any individual skew of Monster mm. Hunter World. So my question to you is what is the takeaway from Rise's success on Switch? People love Monster Hunter, that number one. And number two, I think that it also is another one of those games that hit at the right time for everybody, you know, or at least came out around the right time because that the, the nature of Monster Hunter in general, the co-op, is what really makes that experience like really awesome for a lot of people. I mean, uh, you can still play that game solo and stuff, but like when you get together with a crew and you take down something big, it is very hard to really replicate that type of fun experience for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, Capcom is really supporting Switch now. Like, that they have in the past years, but this year, with two Monster Hunter games, Ghosts and Goblins, Ace Attorney, um, they're pretty much bringing everything they can to it and reaping the sales benefits. Um, you know, yeah, I agree with you that Monster Hunter Rise individually won't outsell World together on, you know, all three platforms. That's not realistic. But Monster Hunter Rise could get past 10 million, you know, by the end of the year, um, which I don't think Capcom is complaining about at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that, yeah, I mean, Capcom is just seeing what the market is in Japan, which is basically Switch just utterly dominating and putting their biggest game on it and, you know, the most successful system on, with their most successful franchise, basically, equals success. It's a W. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, as you said, it, it's the sales are going to keep continuing. They have, uh, they have a, a roadmap. They just, as I alluded to, they recently released version 2.0, added like Apex Monsters, yeah. uh, some new event quest, and it, you know they're going to keep that going. Of and, course. And keep yeah. players hooked. And it does have a PC release coming later down the line. You know, maybe the, we'll, it'll be interesting to see what they have planned around that. But... I have a patron question regarding just third parties in general. After seeing what Monster Hunter Rise has done, this comes from Steve G. Uh, considering now how many franchises have broken sales records on Switch, you know, with Rise being the Monster Hunter Rise being the latest one, is it surprising to see third party support still lagging behind PlayStation and Xbox? Really? Is that the case though? So that that yeah, yeah. that that's an assumptive question there. So one, yeah, do you even agree with that? um the, to begin with i mean especially like for japanese third parties obviously switch doesn't get everything but it's getting more than xbox is um yeah <laughs> you know just in general i mean obviously you have you know studios like namco who do put you know a few more things on xbox than than even switch but um you know like square enix supports switch just as much as playstation um you know, and it's getting more Western support than a Nintendo platform has gotten in a while. So, yeah, while it's not getting everything, um, I think it's getting a lot more than, like, people expected, especially, like, three years ago looking forward. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, I again, the reason why I say this is because I just feel weirded out. Because, obviously, if you would have said that about the Wii U or the, yeah, specifically the Wii U not too long ago, is because of everything else that was going on with it that you didn't see a lot of uh, games getting ported over to it or at least brought over to that. Because not many people had a Wii U as much as they do have a Switch right now. I think that's the biggest reason why any company puts their games on any platform, or at least that they support it like that, is because people have them in the homes. People are buying them. People are at least playing stuff on them. And with Switch, I see a lot of 
of like games I haven't really heard of or seen a lot of like push for that a third party or even indie developers all over the place just putting their games on there. Even with the digital stuff, not the stuff that's in the physical store. There's a lot. So it's just weird to hear that the uh, that statement or that question. It's like I always feel like there is a lot of support at least right now. Let me yeah, let me ask this. Um, I, I think this that the presumption stems from the fact that when when Stealth you're saying not every release comes to Switch, that not everyone sometimes regards the triple A games. So sometimes yeah. like the the bigger highly marketable games that for past generations were the ones that people cared about being, oh, plays best on this system or it's going to sell best, like the GTAs on PlayStation or Final Fantasy moving to play, like like that stuff. Like for the longest time, Metal Gear wasn't even playable on Nintendo. Then you got like True. Twin Snakes finally, like, oh, thank you, but you didn't get two or three on there. I, 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 like, is that like, do you think that's even fair anymore to like really judge that when, when like a certain big really like Final Fantasy 16 never comes to switch Resident Evil Village never comes to switch is that really matter as much anymore when they got something like Rise to fill its place no because you know there are rumors even of a month of a Resident Evil a new one coming to switch um you know first um, and obviously, you know, Final Fantasy 16 isn't coming to Switch, but it's not coming to Xbox either. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, that's kind of an exclusive. And, you know, Square Enix kind of has their own, like, exclusive exclusive studio for Switch, you know, with Project Triangle Strategy. Um, so while, you know, it's true that it isn't getting some of the games that the other platforms are, what's different, though, is those studios are putting new exclusives on Switch, too. Um so that's that's kind of where it is and, and obviously it's a technical issue why resident evil village can't come to switch i mean obviously if they could i think they would um but they just can't so you know it, it, but I, I think the switch support is much better than you know i certainly anticipated it being agreed yeah. same thing here exactly and i don't want to get to this other stuff too much obviously in past episodes we talked about like you know cloud cloud services because there's been cloud versions of like higher end games why don't they do that obviously whenever this heck the switch pro or switch success or whichever comes first or whatever is really happening you know the quite like the rumors about 4k like obviously there things might change in the future you know nintendo might want to go for everything they, they might want everything on their platform but as you said, like I think right now, because I think this question comes up a lot, because obviously, Jake James, you mentioned like Wii U. You'd expect this question for Wii U. But even during the Wii, when third parties tried to put things on, 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 on the Wii, it was like a crapshoot. Like some found moderate to decent, the good success. A lot of things did not sell well on the Wii that were from third party. So they, I think there also might be a stigma about the less least powerful platform is the one that gets like the worst third party efforts. And like that hasn't, hopefully the switch also, is rehabilitating honestly, that image. Honestly, I think it's also, like I said before, I just don't think a lot of people really count indies. I think indies yeah. is a huge thing because that, again, that's third party. Indies are games that are much smaller, but look at a game like Undertale. You know, Undertale was big on PC and other platforms, but it also got a Switch release. You say it for a lot of other big indie games that have been put out there. I think at one point, I'm trying to remember the, the name of it, but like the, the one that's underwater, Abzu. Abzu ended oh, yeah. up getting a release on the Switch. Like there's all these other games that are third party that, that made their way to Switch. So there's a ridiculous amount of third party stuff outside of just the Nintendo first parties that you have to select through. So I just think that a lot of those games, most of the time people don't know about them because they're not pushed out there as much as these other titles that you mentioned before. Yeah. I mean, 
Hollow Knight Silk Song. Still one of like I think it's one of the most highly yeah. anticipated titles. Look at the limited run yeah. games. The limited yeah. run games, all the indie game stuff, all those are on there. You know, yeah. for the most part. Exactly, and that actually stems from like the Wii days with uh, the oh my gosh, what were they called again? Stealth. Do you remember Jake James? The in Nindies, Nindies. I think no, 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 they're, they're, they're like piecemeal game like the small digestible bite size they're called oh, on the oh. each on we the wear shop. we wear thank you guys we wear you know that games, initiative <laughs> and then like they got like a world of goo and they got like a bunch of those early like indie darlings on there and then everyone yeah, else but, decided like it's indie craze time let's go yeah but yeah but but i remember nintendo had weird, weird rules like the games had yep, to be a certain size and that yeah. killed everything nintendo. for a while that's yeah. why everybody went over to PlayStation with that type of stuff, because yeah. I remember it wasn't yeah. as strict. And then they would spend years winning it back. But speaking of third-party support, and also Capcom being on a roll here, um, we got another big Capcom announcement. The great Ace Attorney, uh, a localization announcement for the, the, the two 3DS games, the uh, great Ace Attorney uh, Adventures, I believe, 1 and 2, are now coming to the Switch and other and PS4 and PC uh, on July 27, 2021, as the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Um, as I mentioned, they came out on 3DS a little bit late, 2015 and 2017. Uh, this is a prequel. Send the Victorian era. Uh, it is Phoenix Wright's ancestor about their rise to becoming uh, uh, one to become a famous lawyer. Um, this new collection's adding a bunch of bonuses. Comes with like fully. Full English and Japanese VO. Um, there's going to be extra post-game stories called Escapades. A bunch of unlockables like costumes, music, movies, stuff like that. Also, they're adding an a auto-advance mode. So if you just want to enjoy the story or you get stuck on a part, it will just play through for you and do what you're supposed to do uh, to help facilitate that. Um, the, the interesting thing about this, before I ask you if you're excited for this, is that the, the this series... There were fans definitely in the West definitely asking for this to come out. Uh, and uh, Capcom made a statement previously saying that due to certain circum- there are certain circumstances that are preventing a Western release from happening. And now that we've seen the trailer and we've seen the localized name for one of the main characters, I think it's safe to guess what that reason was. I'm talking about the beloved Herlock Sholmes joining the cast. <laughs> oh, man. You talk about blunt. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and Herlock Sholmes's uh, companion isn't Watson. I yeah. forget it's Iris? a small girl, but it's, it's another yeah. name that starts with W. I forget what it is though. I think it's Iris or, or is it or, Iris or, Wilson or something like that? Yeah, but, it's, not but it's nothing. Yeah, it's not Watson at all. Uh, it's like a centric little uh, like young girl, I guess, in the Golden Kid. They're obviously older than that, but. <laughs> there had been a lot of like speculation that because to, 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 uh, if you're not aware, almost all of Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's works are now in public domain except for a handful of stories. So the speculation was that the the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's estate people who you know guard the rights to the remaining ones under copyright. Uh, we're the ones holding this up, apparently. And by changing a name here, you have to speculate, ah, this is their way. <laughs> they got around getting around this uh, this copyright law, which I think I think I think we were talking about this beforehand before we started. Uh, this seems like a, a, a fantastic decision to use this name. It's better than getting the rights to Sherlock Holmes, in my opinion. It's hilarious. It's way too funny. 
But I mean, it's great that we're getting it. I mean, that's cool. I've always played the Ace Attorney games much later because I think they're great to enjoy at your own pace, you know, rather than the craziness of like, you know, the release and stuff. I think it's also some of the things you mentioned, like the auto advance stuff. I think that's perfect for a game like this. You know, when you just want to enjoy the story, you just want to just cruise through it and just take in everything. Because I feel like some people enjoy this style of game more like that as opposed, you know, the way that normally it's played. But it's cool. Hey, more games. Yeah, this has been a highly requested game, and the one part that disappointed me is this was leaked, um, you know, on the Taiwan ratings board in February. So many people predicted um, it was going to be announced at the Nintendo Direct, which happened like a week later, a week or two later, um, and that never happened. But, you know, everyone assumed it was happening because if it's on the ratings board, it's usually pretty solid. Um, I, I would have loved this just to have been a flat-out surprise, you know? Um, just because everyone was anticipating it so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always love it when, you know, unlocalized games get localized. Um, that's just a great decision. Um, and these games are really, really good. Um, you know, they're very, very good. And yeah, you know, as you said, the game, I mean, the packages, both games, all the DLC, some extra stuff. Mm. And yeah, that's all people really will want. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great decision. And you know, hopefully this leads to, you know, the, the four, the four to six trilogy. Um, and we're, cause we're missing that. And yeah, I mean, in, in Japan as well, they're bundling, um, the one to three trilogy and these games into one big turnabout collection. Nice. I love that box and cause it has, you know, the new main, the, I forget his name. Um, and, and Phoenix, um, side by side. Um, and, and it's great. Yeah. So, you know, I hope this, I hope it sells well. Um, and you know, we get, a new game yeah uh i'm pretty excited because it's been a while uh since i've you know been in the phoenix Wright universe ace attorney universe it's i think was it the third one or the miles edgeworth game one of those was mm -hmm. like the last time i was I had played a Phoenix, an Ace Attorney game, so I'm kind of excited to come back to this, just because like the 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 setting in the past, and you know, kind of like it, it's an interesting premise. And as I said, although like like it's like seems like it's gonna be the definitive version of these two games and their extra content. You kind of touched upon this though, stealth, because like the the future of Ace Attorney. Uh, a patron question from Megan Leinert. Um, uh, hey guys, as a huge Ace Attorney fan, nothing delighted me more than seeing the great Ace Attorney announcement. I've been waiting for so long to see these games finally getting localized. It's a dream come true. I'm very curious though, why do you think Capcom went this route instead of just porting the remainder of the 3D entries to switch, 3DS entries to Switch? Sorry. To me, that seems like the easier choice. Uh, and then do you think we'll ever see these games come to Switch in the future as well? Which, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is the easier choice, but from a business perspective, nobody in the U.S. has played these games. Um, some people in the U.S. have played four to six. So from a sales perspective and seeing how high the Ace Attorney series can go, um, you want to put out games that nobody's played, and nobody's played these. So we'll, we'll, we'll see exactly how popular the series is um, versus, you know, four to six, which a lot of people did play on 3DS. Um, so yeah, I think that's why they made that decision. Also, this was highly requested. Um, I think it was more of a, it was a fan driven decision too. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I think everyone also wants four to six, but, um, they just made this, the strategic choice to go with the games that nobody's played. Is there any other entry 
in this series. I'm forgetting that it would be a good yeah. fit for Switch that you think mm. should come at some point. Or it would be nice to yeah, see it come. I, to I mean, honestly, I, I think the Miles Edgeworth um, games, you know, Miles Edgeworth 1 came out on DS and was yeah, localized. Miles Edgeworth 2 came out on DS and was not localized. Um, so I think if they bundled those together and marketed the first time ever the localized second game, that would be a good idea too. Remind me also the the Layden Ace Attorney game, right? Yeah, oh, Layden, the Professor Layden crossover. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, say that. that was localized. But is it on Switch? I forget. No, I don't think it's on Switch though. Mm, I th- no. I think it'd be cool to see that on Switch because no. again, that that was a cool crossover for people. Yeah, I missed out on that one. Have either of you played that one? Is it actually worth no. playing? I, I heard it's good. It was fun. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics. It's been a long time, but yeah, it was okay. it was really fun. Yeah, I feel bad because I love I I love Layden. I played the first the first three Layden games, and I played the first three Ace Attorney games plus the first Miles Edgeworth, and that was like it. And like, I, there's been so much since, and I feel so yeah. bad. I need to like spend, as you said, these because they're broken up into like individual stories, like cases or you know mysteries. You know, they can be played at such a slow pace and you still enjoy them. It, it, it's like reading, almost like reading a book, but, you know, with the interactive elements, obviously. And yeah. I, I just loved how everything was put together. Like, it was just basically the presentation, like, of both games. I just loved it. Really glad to see them coming back. For real. Yeah. We're going to keep this uh, use a game announcement train rolling but this one this isn't this one actually isn't a game announcement sorry i was about to say third party and i almost like i was gonna have to issue myself a correction because this this once was a third party studio and we already talked about it once was owned by a third party company but now they are squarely in the hands of nintendo um and they are a very key component of nintendo and they announced recently that they are expanding and that is monolith soft and they are doing a, and they announced a large expansion of its staff at the Kyoto studio with nearly 40 new job openings listed. Nice. Now, there's been some misinformation about this that's been going around. So, a lot of the initial reports stated that these jobs postings mentioned made direct reference to the Legend of Zelda series, and that it was thought that this was them doing another round of like gearing up for maybe the final push for Breath of the Wild's sequel. However, about closer inspection from a lot of users and fans out there um, who took a closer look. They wanted to point out that this, all these listings are primarily for the Kyoto Studio, Kyoto Studio only. Um, to clarify, Molisoft's Tokyo Studio is the one currently assisting with Breath of the Wild's sequel. Kyoto Studio primarily assists with Animal Crossing and Splatoon and other like support mm. roles. So it would seem that this large expansion would either be for the recently announced Splatoon 3, which is due out by the end of this fiscal year, or perhaps another unannounced project. So I'm curious, yeah, what do you what do you make of this? Do you think it's for Splatoon 3? Do you think it possibly is for something else Could we be. just haven't heard about? Could be. Honestly, I think also, like you said, since they also did stuff for Animal Crossing, it could also be other Animal Crossing content on top of that as well, besides all this new stuff. I mean, they could just also try to do things like concurrently or at least simultaneously. That would make sense to me if you want a bigger team to get more done. Yeah, yeah. Monolith Soft has been growing. Like, every time they, they update their employment stats on their website, they're, they're always growing. 
Um, and yeah, they have multiple studios. One support studio on Zelda, another support studio on Splatoon and Animal Crossing, and then their primary studio on Xenoblade and their, you know, their original games, um, which we know, you know, they're developing something. Um, so we really don't know, you know, what, you know, they, they might sit in one place, but they might be working on something else. There's really no way to know. Um, you know, I, I'd, li I'd like to think they're not so rigid in that, you know, if you if you live here and you go to this city, you're working on this. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, they, they, they want people in other areas working on different things that that's possible to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're working on a lot and they're important. That's really the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, help me with this stealth. Uh, forget the name; uh, it's eluding me at the second, and you'll probably know it. Um, uh, one of the composers, their personal blog—they've been doing updates, yeah. and people have been following that closely because they think it might be alluding to the next Xenoblade project in terms of the timing, because they're matching it up with their postings during the release of Xenoblade Two, and kind of the, and there's a lot of speculation that like, oh, they're doing this big, high-quality orchestra recording. Um, and they're they're ramping it up, and E3 is coming up, so maybe they're gonna have that yeah. announcement. I I don't know if you've been following any of that or drawing yeah, the I same have. conclusions or anything like that. Yeah, and you know, forgive me, I forget his name too, but yeah, he has been talking about you know getting into the studio and composing a, a big project. Um, and we do know that the head of Monolith Soft said that yeah, they're working on a brand new RPG. You know that they haven't announced yet. Um, very possible they, they announced it at E3. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Makes um, sense. It's Masuda, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. You know, Nintendo, I mean, they've announced their last bunch of projects at Nintendo Directs. Like, it's not, like, new. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they're due to announce something soon. Um, whatever their new project is, because they said that the primary studio was, you know, half of them were working on, um, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Half of them were working on this new project, and now they're all working on this new project. Um, so, you know, would I be surprised if we get a teaser trailer during E3? I, I wouldn't be at all. Um, it, it feels like, I mean, they've been working on it for a couple of years now. Yeah, especially with uh, the Pirate Mithra announcement in Smash Brothers. I mean, that sent the game back into selling out in Japan. Yeah. Uh, a lot of supplementary materials around that game, like figures and stuff, selling out. You know, nice. So it's like the strike while the iron is hot. I mean, Xenoblade has been a series that really has drawn critical acclaim, but quite hasn't quite blown up sales wise. It's done very well for what it is, but I, I think people would be hard pressed to argue against. It probably deserves maybe a little bit better for what it is. You know, to be like a bigger brand recognition and. Nintendo's all about pushing that, so I feel like this is all building up towards, you know, that big reveal. I think whatever they're doing for the next project, Xenoblade 3 or just new Xenoblade project, I think it's going to be their most massive effort, and I think it's going to be, I think they're going all out on it. I think this is the one where they're like, this is the, if this is ever going to break out beyond, if this is going to attain Fire Emblem status, you know, how Fire Emblem elevated stuff, this is the moment to do it. Hmm. Yeah, I agree because Xenoblade 2 was the best selling out of all the Xeno games, even when they were with Square and with Namco. But that's like 2.5 million units, I think, which is great for a JRPG, but it's not like the top of the JRPG totem pole, and it's certainly not like the top of what Nintendo does. Um, it's it's kind of just like a very good seller. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that Xenoblade 3 
given the right like reveal scenario, like giving it like a really great trailer at e- during their E3 direct when everyone's going to be watching that direct. Um, yeah, that that that'll, that'll go a long way. What about Splatoon three? Um, do you think Monolith Soft uh, they might lean a little bit harder on Monolith Soft in any way to maybe elevate that game in, in any certain way? Because obviously that game. It's structure. It's not about being open world necessarily. So like, it's not like that expertise level. But do you think they can be leveraged in any other way to make Splatoon three even better? Because I think a lot's also writing on Splatoon three because they kind of ran, even though they prolonged it a little bit further than what they said they were. Splatoon two kind of wind down a little bit faster than I would have thought for how successful it was, especially in Japan. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they maybe they could help with the story mode if it's open world. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know how they would help okay. other than, like, be, like, a support studio in terms of, like, testing and, you know, bugs and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, you, you're right that Splatoon 3 is very important. Um, Splatoon 2, I think, just passed 10, maybe past 12 million units or something like that. It's past 10. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Splatoon 3 it could arguably be one of the biggest games in Japan next year. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, also, I mean, we have to expect to see more of it, their E3 Direct. Uh, I mean, not not guaranteed, but it'd be kind of strange if, it, if they passed on that, given it's due out by the yeah, end of the fiscal I, year. I mean, honestly, yeah. I can, and this is off topic, but I can see Splatoon 3 not being at E3, um, just because, like, Nintendo will want to talk about june to december with maybe a few surprises next year uh, um and they've already talked sense. about platoon 3 so that's platoon true. 3 i think it's like yeah. a summer 2022 game i think that might be a little too far out oh is it summer i thought uh, I, I, I thought they just said 2022 um, oh yeah, yeah i'm uh, confused uh, uh, i'm confusing yeah. arceus uh, uh yeah I'm, yeah yeah i'm confusing yeah. the yeah the that's the due legends game sorry 2022 but Thank i think you. it's gonna be summer 2022 it's yeah. not early yeah. you're right um, then there's definitely a chance we don't see it at yeah. e3 probably i'm cool I with mean, that to be honest to be honest with you because yeah. again there's already there's like a lot of big things that people want expect and two would love to see now that they've kind of alluded to it for this e3 presentation at least yeah, yeah. i mean because nintendo has to talk about what's coming in august september october november december um, you know, they still have the rest of this year. I mean, obviously Pokemon is probably November, but that's technically being published by Pokemon Company. Yeah. They still need to talk about what they're publishing, you know. Everything beyond half. Skyward Sword HD needs to be accounted for. I mean, they, yeah. they, they're anticipating a year that will beat out last year in both uh, hardware units and software volumes just alone, which is a tall order considering Animal Crossing bulk of its sales came like last year is probably its biggest year it's going to have yeah i mean mm-hmm. it's still going to help carry this year and we got a bunch of big releases early this year but you, you there's clearly something missing from this picture here and people you know you could assume maybe breath of the wild 2 might be that that slot in there but there's no guarantee there's there's that's even going to happen and you know there's a lot of games that i think have question marks, uh, you know, around they them. They haven't talked about, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you have? And, uh, like, throw in the mix, you know, the Zelda 35th anniversary, that's even going to be a thing. Uh, you know, if that's going to be talked about then, or that's going to be saved for later. There's so many things, I think, that uh, that are still announced. I could see Splatoon 3 easily, like, we have time for it later. There's it, it, If it's not coming out this year, we got other things we need to cover, for sure. 
And one of those things might be uh, an, another leak, another ESRB leak, and another RPG. Um, although I don't know how well this will do, but it would be nice to see it do well. That would be Nino Kuni 2. Uh, this will be the Prince edition. Uh, ESRB recently leaked it. Um, uh, Stealth pointed out to me that it was actually removed from the search, but the listing is still live. And as you said, these these types of leaks generally mean it's coming at some point. It, it's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, usually uh, the when it, when it's a mistake, like what happened with uh, oh, Life is Strange, where it was listed for every system, including Switch, and then they removed the Switch list, and then they removed it for Switch because they probably just accidentally thought it was coming to everything. Um, when they just make a random listing about a JRPG only coming to Switch, um, you know, that holds more weight for me. And, yeah, like, as you said, it's, it's, it's suspicious that they removed the listing from the search, but the website is still live, which makes me think they hit it because it was just announced too early or they weren't supposed to put that up yet or something. Um, but yeah, like it, 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 it's definitely possible because the original uh, Nino Kuni was ported to Switch by Engine Software a couple of years ago, and actually did pretty good on Switch. Um, yeah. You know, it's every time it's on sale, it hits the top of the charts again, um, and so I would not be surprised if Namco has recruited Engine Software again um, for the sequel because Engine Software has experience porting PS4 and PC games to Switch um, with Legend of Heroes games and Ease. Um, so they have experience like doing that. So yeah, I mean, I it wasn't I was hoping it was going to happen. I didn't, you know, expect it like this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect that to get announced at, at some point, maybe even E3. Yeah. I want, uh, if it's true, I want this to do well. Uh, I don't know how well it, it possibly can do. Obviously, I'm on the side of the fence. Yeah, I, I have a, more, a very controversial stance because I reviewed the game. I gave it a very high score. Um, a lot of, there are definitely a good amount of people out there who do not think it's better than the first game, that it lost some of the magic because the loss of Studio Ghibli's involvement, you know. Um, also some complaints about the story versus the first one, but, and obviously the difficulty, but the difficulty part's been remedied already. They, they did, they did an update with that. This game's gotten a lot of support post-release as well, which is actually pretty impressive. So getting kind of like a definitive edition, especially, I'm wondering if there's anything new they could add on top. It's kind of like a cherry on mm. top to entice people who might have passed on this already to give it one last look, um, because... I still think it. I, I still stand by. It. It's a really good game. I really enjoyed it. And the difficulty now, if, if you really don't, if easy difficulty just really drives you insane and bores you out of your mind, the hardest difficulty is the game will destroy you. Like I, I tried it out, <laughs> and it was like, all right, this boss is gonna take forty-five minutes to kill and yeah. mess up one on me one mechanic. It's gonna one-shot you. as like you got what you asked for. I mean, there's an in-between, which is probably the right difficulty that should have started with. But this game offers a lot of unique things in it. I, I feel like, and I want it to do well because I think there is a little bit of column A from Nino Kuni uh, Wrath of the White Witch, Nino Kuni Two. And take a little bit of each column, and you can make a almost definitive Nino Kuni experience. Also, look at the D the DS game, the original DS game. I think there's some elements from that, and uh, you take that. There's still another 
there's still a lot of opportunity, I think, for Nino Kuni as a video game series. Yeah, I mean, because Level 5 was the developer, and they're, you know, to put it nicely, kind of in rough shape. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's just going to be a straight port, all the DLC, and that's agree, what they're yeah. going to sell it as, like a game yeah. of the year edition. Makes the most sense to me, yeah. Just put everything together and just put it in one package. They've done that with many other games ported over to Switch before, so yeah. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, I guess this just feels bad, because even like the movie wasn't that good. I watched it when it came to Netflix. It was like, okay. And nice nod to Oliver in it. Like I think that was like the nicest part, I, nice thing I could say about it. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I think the original Nino Kuni was announced for Switch during the E3 2018 pre-presentation. Yeah. In, in, in oh. one of the like quick reels, where Nino yeah. Kuni was in there, and then they announced the PS4 version later um, at Sony's E3 thing, but it was announced at E3. Um, so, I, yeah, I won't be surprised if Nino Kuni 2 is in Nintendo's Direct in, like, a quick game reel. Yeah. Like, other games come into Switch in yeah. some form, yeah. That's, that's that makes fine. sense. Anything given a chance. I mean, my biggest desire, still, which will now never happen, is the getting the DS game localized and ported to Switch would have been, like... I mean, I originally wanted it just yeah. to be localized, but... I still think that game is like definitely worth playing through if you can find the. Uh... Yeah, but don't you need like that book, like that? that <laughs> but that's like so. Okay, that's the thing. The first game is. I think it's for me. It was such a magical experience because it did force you to use that physical. Obviously, the PS4 version, like that, they digitized it, so you didn't have to have it, but. Turning physical pages of book to look up spells to read about cool. the world, like you had to read this thing to know about yeah. the game. It was like the most on steroids version of like the old game manual like in your NES yeah. game where it's you another layer to it. Yeah, this was like harken back to that and it was so much effort put into it and it just combined with the Studio Ghibli cutscenes and the music and everything about it was just like a, a unique experience and I feel despite their best efforts it's just like moved away from that with the sequel and i think some people care more about honestly what i'm basically trying to tell you is if i can't get the ds game ever ported and localized over here um someday just i, I want a studio ghibli video game <laughs> it's like because it's the thing that the least likely thing to happen because of miyazaki's stance on video games it was such like a mm. it was basically uh oh my gosh i'm gonna get crucified for now feel like we could talk for like but hours the other, the other head of studio ghibli is the one, the one more like the management end of it was the one responsible for bringing nino kuni a project to them in the first place it's like we have to work we can't just sit here not doing work so while my animators are doing nothing we're gonna do this we're gonna work on this and you know but it was just like for animation purposes they didn't actually do any game design like a castle in the sky or nausicaa rpg would be like the dream or a princess of, Mononoke action happening. game imagine that right <laughs> they'll, they'll never let that happen it does uh, sound cool though yeah it does sound pretty cool it's just like you know those high concept like these collab it's like it, basically neo kenny for me was what people were, were geeking out about chrono trigger back in the 90s that yeah, like it was this, this collaborative yeah. effort that would like is a dream scenario mm. and yeah. I, uh but who knows if we'll get cool. another one. <laughs> oh well that's that's all I got. That was a lot of stuff. Actually, I was very happy. Uh, we were getting into this week, I was worried about news, but man, we had a lot of good smaller things that happened. Um, next, I'm really excited for next episode though because next week we are getting the financial report, the the fiscal year final report Nintendo. for Nintendo, Dude, along with stats. the yeah. investor Q and A. And so we'll have a lot yeah. to comb through on the You'll next have a lot episode. To talk about. 
So that's going to be... Yeah, and, and, and Nintendo is like the only one that actually lists out the sales of their top they 10 games. They actually talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, Sony does hardware. They don't do software. That's Microsoft right. gives you nothing. But at least Nintendo gives you a little something to chew on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's going to be so good to see where everything's moved around. Like if Animal Crossing is now number one... Yeah. Uh, overall, where or where if everything... Luigi's Mansion has moved into the top ten, that's kind of what I'm hoping happened. And uh, any of the the Q and A stuff, you know, sometimes there are interesting nuggets that come yeah. out of those investor questions and answers. So that will definitely be on the the docket for the next episode. But uh, I want to thank you both for joining me um, on this recording on a Saturday. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you to all our patrons who submitted questions for this uh, for this episode of Friend Code. Uh, if you want to submit questions for consideration, you need to be a $5 and or up patron. I will make a post calling for your submissions the week we're recording. Uh, we also have some special shout-outs for some of our special patrons for the month of April 2021. Let me get that list open right here and get this going. So we got shout-outs to Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick Steven Thomason, Edscar, Soma Spider, So What, Sage Mode Q, Alex Al, and Estokol. Sorry, it said edited and it confused me, but sorry. Shout out. Thank you so much to all of your support. Uh, before we wrap up here, um, anything you guys want to tout or let people know that you're working on? Like, obviously, you mentioned your Star Wars stuff earlier, Jake James, but... Just, you know, let anyone know yeah. what's what's upcoming or if they want to follow you or anything like that. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you guys want to see all the stuff that I do, gaming related, or obviously with Star Wars Month coming up now, if you want to see any of that stuff, or just you just love games and watching game content, follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash gamers with games channel, or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar. Uh, I just hit 2,500 subscribers now. Hopefully, I'm still on the road to 10K, trying to like haul in up there. But uh, yeah, just check out some of the content. There's content going up on May the 4th and then throughout the rest of the month. There's a lot of other game reviews and other gaming uh, discussions, other Star Wars discussions, a whole bunch of stuff there. And follow me on Twitter, at JakeJamesLugo. Just come say hi. I'm always on there posting up stuff, posting up my progress on Pokemon Snap and a whole bunch of other things. Just come be cool. And I am on Twitter. Um, That's where you can find me primarily, um, at Stealth4DK, where I talk about Nintendo and JRPGs and just try not to get into trouble. We are just six weeks away from E3. Oh man, so it's I, gonna be the digital. Are, 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 yeah. So, are you actually are you actually excited for what E3 is gonna be this I'm year? I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm excited to watch it because this is gonna be very different in light of yeah. everything that's going on. Because E3's been gone for a year, you know, obviously. But it's gonna be interesting to see how E3 handles this digital event and who is actually gonna show their hand and actually show some stuff. Because everybody, you know, in some form, they're gonna have some sort of digital presentation in some way, whether it's the direct, whether it's the state of plays, whether it's whatever. But I'm hoping they actually show stuff and actually give us some good things to chew on for that week or that month especially you know whenever they decide to post things up but it's exciting there's some some good things to be looking forward to yeah it wasn't the same last year without an e3 nintendo direct people look forward to those and they're usually mind-blowingly good um the 2019 e3 direct i think was maybe their best direct ever. i was in that audience i was in the audience right outside the the floor there and i was watching with a bunch of nintendo fans and content creators and we were wilding out 
So it was fun. Yeah, so it, it just wasn't the same last year. And, you know, we know E3 will have Nintendo, Microsoft, Square Enix, I think. Uh, maybe not, but... No PlayStation um, stuff, I don't think, right? Yeah, or no. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's it, <laughs> but, well, yeah. Know. We don't like PlayStation. Who knows if they'll go before E3 after? As uh, said, yeah. uh, Konami announced they bunch of projects yeah, they're working on, but not saying anything. But who knows? You know, maybe that's like misdirection. Maybe they they aren't attending, but one of their projects shows up in another yeah. thing. Uh, it's just good, as you said, to have a focused event again. Even if it's not in person, we're not going to play the games. It's just like the announcements are always the fun part, and it's yeah. like. Honestly, if everyone just does like Treehouse style, like live afterwards, each of the the all the publishers. You know what I don't want though. Oh, you know what I don't want though. I don't want it like summer game, summer summer of gaming or the summer games festival. If you remember that last year, that was like our replacement E three almost. I don't want it like that because that felt very unimportant. You know, it felt like not a lot of people paid attention to it or even cared to pay attention to it. So I'm hoping with this one we get a little bit much more, you know, hype but excitement yeah. kind of geared up it's for definitely it. Definitely more focused because it has the dates. You know, it's starting on an earlier date it's starting earlier in the week and running, you know, to a different time, but otherwise it is confined to its usual week time frame. So that's that's kind of nice to have that part of it. And obviously who I think uh we've had one confirmation so far, right? Was it one publisher has said Ubisoft, right? Announced their thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to remember Ubisoft if that was public or not. Forward. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying yeah, to make sure that wasn't like, a, like okay. a private yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's the only thing Microsoft, I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, and Microsoft and Nintendo both tweeted that they're going to be there, which yeah. means a direct of some kind. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, they just have to give a date, and usually Nintendo does it a little bit closer. Like the um, last but, yeah. minute right before. Yeah. yeah like the, like I mean, right we before. expect. And, we... and usually they kick things off. Like they, they used to like, it used to be everybody. And then Nintendo would do their direct, like the day, the floor <laughs> the day opened. Off. Yeah. Yeah. The day the floor I remember that. Obviously mm-hmm. that's not going to be the case now. So I wonder when they want to slot their direct in. Um, but yeah, just the fact that we know basically that there's going to be Microsoft direct and there's going to be a Nintendo direct. It's going to be, instantly better than last year exactly definitely who knows if you do the ea play thing again it won't might not be a part of e3 but it might be like right preceding it we got we square Enix already confirmed they're doing a summer square Enix presents might be very likely it ha- runs during that week yeah. as well in the in mm-hmm. the conference days or whatever they want to call them but yeah uh very excited because i said next episode in two weeks from now uh that episode will be the uh financial report episode and any other news but then the episode right after that is going to be a big e3 speculation episode <laughs> i always love those they always also go very long too but <laughs> uh, it's i guess it's nice to be excited you know looking forward to you know a big event again because yeah. like that that for earlier real. direct like that was yeah the and kick we i needed we didn't have a direct for over a year a we main starter for one prior to that and yeah, I mean, it's just fun to have those again. You know, we, I mean, the indie directs are nice and the Pokemon directs are nice. Um, the partner directs actually did reveal some good stuff. Um, but, you know, just the excitement of a main Nintendo direct still can't be beat. I agree. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Friend Code. Until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. 